God damn it. You gotta be there. You gotta help me, Lenny. Please pick up the phone. Come on, pick up. Come on, Lenny, fucking pick up the phone. This is not like TV only better. This is life, as said Lenny. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening, we're happy to have you here with us on the Pool Scene Podcast. Bear with me, Jim. I've got my playback squid on. I'm up the bat in Game 7 of the World Series with bases loaded, down by two, with two outs and a full count. And I just struck out. Man, I got to see my playback dealer. If only you were watching porn, you'd be a fucking sloppy mess right now. Yes. Uh, I'm Kevin. I'm wearing a playback squid for someone to experience this recording at a later time. And I'm joined by Jim. And I'm Jim and I am Y2K compliant. Yes. Uh, All this talk of playback squids is because we covered the sci-fi thriller Strange Days. Released in 1995, Strange Days was written by James Cameron and directed by Catherine Bigelow. Those two were married for a couple years, but divorced four years prior to this movie. James Cameron, of course, known for directing a couple little movies called Titanic and Avatar. Avatar as well as Terminator 1 and 2, and just a couple other jaw droppers. Bigelow, known for Near Dark, Point Break, The Hurt Locker, Deuce Bigelow, and Zero Dark 30. Needless to say, a lot of firepower behind this one. Don't forget, James Cameron's co-writer, Jay Cox. Literally spelled C-O-C-K-S. I am guessing he wrote the the softcore porn sequences. Ah... They were super soft, but needless to say, if you're watching playback, you're going to be ultra hard. Wow. Originally conceived by... What? You didn't like drying somebody off and getting off watching it? What the hell? Uh, Originally conceived by Cameron in 1986, Bigelow was impressed by these two characters on the eve of the millennium with one character trying to get the woman who loves him to help save the woman he loves. This movie is so odd. It's so odd. I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, it's listed as a sci-fi movie, but... It's not really. No, it's not. The film was heavily influenced by current and prior events at the time of filming, like Lorena Bobbitt, Rodney King, and the 1992 Watts riots, as well as the O.J. Simpson trial. Jim, please give us a snapshot of some of those current events, number one song and movie, and the budget and box office for Strange Days. Strange Days was released on October the 13th, 1995 on a budget of $42 million. And of course, as we have covered on previous occasions, this was a box office bomb in which it only made $8 million. Just the big Ocho Millionaire in the box office. Actually, very century-shaking headlining news coming up around this time. You might have heard of this guy, Kevin. Former NFL running back, broadcaster, and actor. You might have known him from the movie The Naked Gun, where he played Nordberg. Orenthal James Simpson, otherwise known as The Juice, was found not guilty of the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Do you have the pog slammer that had OJ guilty on one side, not guilty? No, really. Was there a pog slammer? Motherfucker was guiltier than guilty could be. I mean, OJ's still out there. 
in a Las Vegas prison arrested on another charge. Or no, he's out no, now. No, he's out. He's, he's, a, he's a Twitter personality now. And he's still looking for the real killer. Yeah. We're going to find him one day. We will. He looks in the mirror and goes, I did it. <laughs> British band Oasis, the Beatles of the 1990s, except brothers that could not get along, release their second studio album and their best album, What's the Story, Morning Glory, selling more than 347,000 copies in its first week. I mean, some of the seminal songs of the 90s, Wonderwall, Mm -hmm. Champagne Supernova, Don't Don't Look Look Back Back in in Anger, anger. which was led by Noel Gallagher in that song. And Kevin brought him up briefly. John Bobbitt, husband, or I should say ex-husband of Lorena Bobbitt, has plastic surgery to increase his penis by three inches, which is three inches more than he had before. She drove in her car. She cut his, his donk off. And then she drove in her car and she just threw it out the window. She lobbed it out the window like a hot dog that she did not like. Never find mine if you threw it out the window. Dude, you'd find more bush than you would hog. And let me tell you that. (laughs) Throwing it over to our sports correspondent, George Michael. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. And welcome to the Sports Machine. Thanks, George. The contract is finalized, Kevin, for the Browns move to Baltimore. Fuck you, Art Modell. You piece of shit. I hope you're rotting in hell. Hard times. However... On a brighter note, the Indians end the Major League Baseball season at 144 to set a record 30-game margin over to second-place Kansas City Royals in the AL Central final standings. One of my favorite hockey teams, however, relocated, became the Colorado Avalanche, played their first NHL game, and beat the Detroit Red Wings, in which my favorite hockey team, the Quebec Nordiques. They wore the Quebec Nordiques retro reverse throwbacks Love for those. the Lake Tahoe <laughs> game, which the water was, game. Yeah, which was postponed like ten hours because it was sunny and the ice. Like you were watching guys just fall on their faces because the ice turned to water and Pro- it wouldn't refreeze. Probably the most beautiful backdrop ever was for a hockey game man. that couldn't be a hockey game. Yeah, they end up playing two games. I mean, they played the game at midnight. The next day, they were supposed to play it to whoever, I think it was the maybe the Devils or someone, but they were supposed to play it too, and they bumped that game to eight. Yeah, man, it was, it was fun. It was fun watching those. The number one song in America, and it went on a route, an absolute route, Mariah Carey, Fantasy. Yeah. Such a good jam. Might talk about that later. This is when Mariah Carey was still kind of like the girl next door. The number one movie in America, Seven. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Oh. Seven was such a fucking phenomenal Uh, movie. What's in the box? Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman, Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Brad Pitt. Pitt. Of course, Brad Pitt. And that's all the amazing things that were happening in and around the 13th, October 1995. All right. Despite bombing so badly, the film was pretty well received and reviewed, and it's only got more popular since, which is funny because it takes place in 1999. It's released in 95, takes place in 99 slash 2000, but now it's more popular than it was then. Yeah. Not like, it didn't hit like an uptick at 2000 and then. And what's weird about this movie, and I brought it up to you, because most of these sci-fi, I use the term loosely, that were like 70 sci-fi movies. They were 40 or 50 years in the future. Movie made in 95, Set four years later, yeah. yet things are kind of well, weirder. And it was conceived in 1986. Had they made the film in 1986. Would have made more sense. Would have made more sense, but no, just four-year time jump. No, not at all. Okay, let's experience the plot. 
It's the last two days of the millennium in 1999 Los Angeles. The streets of LA are a dangerous place for crime. Much of the movie revolves around playback. Playback is basically that a person can wear something called a squid to record memories and physical sensations from the wearer's cerebral cortex onto a mini disc. That's right. For later playback. The technology is actually illegal, but we see it being used for some good, like a person in a wheelchair using playback to experience running on the beach. But it's also used for stuff like committing a robbery. Big, like, snuff film market. Yeah, drugs seem to be okay, but this is the worst thing on the planet Earth. Which, it's all virtual, so I don't... You got that fucking mini disc, you son of a bitch. <laughs> we have our main character, Lenny, who's pretty sadly obsessed with his ex-girlfriend, Faith. Uh, that's using that loosely. Yeah. Lenny is an ex-cop, and he gets tangled in a situation where he's given a disc that shows police murder an activist slash rapper named Jericho One. You want a reservation, black nation? The body of an unidentified woman was found with them, also shot numerous times. Police earlier said that the killings appear to be gang-related. With his band, Prophets of Light, Jericho One's outspoken political stance and violent lyrics have stirred nationwide controversy. Great name. In this universe, releasing the footage would cause a citywide riot. As Y2K approaches, with the help of Mace, who is in unrequited love with Lenny, they must make the right decision about the disc. Jim, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into characters. Let's do it! Ray finds as Lenny Nero with a questionable accent. I'll set you up. I'll get you a deck in my car since my thing is the software. Yeah, who fades in and out of a broken, weird English slash Australian slash American and then reverse that every single time he talks. Angela Bassett as Lornette Mace Mason. Juliet Lewis as Faith Justin. Tom Sizemore as Max. We have Vincent D'Onofrio and uh, William Fickner as the dirty, dirty cops. cops. I'm not even going to give their names. Colonel Willie Sharp. We have Michael Wincott really giving a great performance as Philo Gant. And Jim, <laughs> who almost played Philo Gant? Ladies and gentlemen, our show research came up with this gem. Bono from U2 was considered to be Philo Gant. I cannot see it kevin and i watch this movie full disclosure i've never seen this movie before the whole time i see the dude that plays philo i always said it could have been bono oh my god could you imagine bono with a gravelly voice it's great you know Uh, the edge would have had to have been in there too edge would have been better as philo as a head it's like edge as philo uh be monotone with glenn Plummer as jericho one so, Jim, with that said, which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? The guy who was in Forrest Gump that played the Black Panther Party guy. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who played for the Los Angeles Rams, who is Philo's henchman. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, re- I recognize you. You're Wade Beamer, right? Uh, running back for the Rams, 96, 97. Uh, am I right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I saw you play, man. I mean, you were good. Uh, really good. I mean, it looked like a fucking freight train. So, what happened? Um, injuries or what? Bullshit politics, man. No, I'm just joking. That's Which brought- is a weird character because There's he no was need- a Rams running back in 96, 97. So, so it would have been three years so- later. 
two to three years after his NFL career, he's a bodyguard. And a horrible bodyguard yeah. who seems to have a heart when he's like, dude, I ain't going to fuck up your face. And not the personal, just business. I don't know. If you got to think about who's your... It's got to be Mace. I'm real sorry about being so hard on you earlier. It's just that I see you getting sucked into this deeper and deeper. And, um... Mace, come on. I know you still love me. I love Mace because Mace is the... She's the constant. She's the yeah. Desmond she's, in this show. She's the grounded character. Never got jacked into playback. She only had to do it because she had to see Jericho one get assassinated by D'Onofrio and Colonel Willie Sharp from Armageddon. Yeah. So I like how she's genuine. She really cares about Lenny. And she even says, I care about you more than you'll ever know. And it's weird how she bonded with him when we see on a playback stream, she shows up at her house, looks like off of a shift from a diner. And Lenny is there with her kid, but we don't know what happened. No. And I, I know this probably isn't the right place for this, but one of your gripes with this movie was that we don't get backstory in this one. I love backstory. It jumps right in. Like, we don't know why Los Angeles is the way it is. Is burning yet in Venice Beach. It seems to be okay. Everywhere else seems I, to be okay. Across the street from Lenny is just like a building burning down fires and he doesn't even like look across there the street. There are fucking cars on fire as you go down the street. It's yeah. like Biff Tannen's alternate 1985. Yeah. There's always tanks it's just but it's the same thing angela bassett you don't you see people getting arrested being exited out of like yeah being taken out of her house but we don't know it doesn't why. they don't give you any backstory i hate that i i really like a couple people i mean juliette lewis as faith i think is probably the right casting choice yeah philo he's gotten obsessed with playback he's a total wire trip junkie He's such a control freak now. He's been having people followed. He's recording his business partner's phone calls. He's wiring up people left and right. Philo and Jericho weren't getting along. He was afraid Jericho was going to dump him, but he wasn't sure. You mean somebody that looks like a strung out drug drug addict? Her backstory is that she, yeah, she was turning tricks for, for drugs. And then she meets Lenny and gets on the straight and narrow. And now she's cleaned up. She's a musician who is despite the, the music in this movie is very questionable she's dating philo who is like the sean puff daddy Combs, who is a mixture of fucking heath ledger and oh who else did i say son of a jim morrison yeah like, tell you something else i'll tell you this you fuck if she says she stays you go you crawl back into your little cockroach or wherever the fuck it is you came from and you never cross my vision again. With a very gravelly voice. But he, like, so he runs this record label. She's a singer, but yet there's still some question as to whether she's going to get signed to his label. Yeah. It's Weird. also a very Puff Daddy dream situation. He looks in <laughs> no relation at all to Puff Daddy. <laughs> Not at just, all, no. Just the idea of... Jermaine Dupree or Puff Daddy, like a... It's very Death Row uh, bad yes, boy. or even Rick Rubin, like yeah, a, a face that. of a record label as a celebrity. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about best scenes. I will start quickly with one, and it's... So when we're learning kind of the ins and outs of playback, you can, like, the movie opens with a, a robbery where the robber actually loses his grip on a building and falls and dies. <laughs> God damn it, you know I don't deal in snuff. 
so they literally just went to the morgue and got that tape off of hymns for free. And the amazing thing about playback is for all you guys out there haven't watched the movie yet. It is linked into your nervous system. So what you are seeing your body reacts to everything you're witnessing. It's the natural high yeah, it's adrenaline. Not, yes, it's point of view and you're feeling everything they feel. So there's that way. But then you can hire actors to do things and then pay them yeah. for... So, for example, we saw the one where it's just legs running down a beach that they give to the amputee. They probably paid that person. Here's 50 bucks. Here's 100 bucks. On your morning run down the beach, just put this squid on. Super wholesome. And then you go to the other end of the spectrum, dress up like a girl. Yes. Yeah. Put this wig on. But my favorite is they approach this, I I call him like an AC Slater or, uh, and he, we want you to go have sex with women and record it. And he's like, you want to pay me $200 to bang beautiful women? (laughs) And they put this like absolutely ridiculous wig on him because they have to conceal the squid. All this squid shit anyway. Superconducting quantum interference device, squid. The receptor rig, when I'm putting on your head, sends a signal to the recorder. We call it being wired, but there's no wire. Now you gotta keep the recorder close, like five, six feet away, max, in your jacket pocket by the bed or wherever you're gonna close escrow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. You got a half hour of tape so it can give me some lead into the main event. But don't wait too long because I don't want to be going out for popcorn. Don't worry, you won't. You got it? Yeah, no problem. You look great. You look. You look beautiful. Fucking wigs in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Tom Sizemore. Uh-huh. When you asked me at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, you're guessing it's it was him the whole... I, yeah, it was because the fucking wig he's wearing from the very beginning gives away just about what's going there, on. There's another playback scene where... He's uh, fat Jesus. Lenny watches a lesbian scene between two women and... Because yeah. he's a, like a black market playback dealer. He's a smut peddler. Yeah. He... He's, He's giving them like coaching, peddler. like on how to make a better video. I mean, I can, I can use this, but listen, it's not bad. It's, it's not bad, but listen, honey, you got to move your eyes slower next time. Much, much slower. Like, like you're making love with your eyes. Okay. So that, that's just my first, the guy who they say, uh, Hey, we want you to wear this wig and record it. The big one for me is the Jericho one assassination. Yeah, that's right. And you're going to be in my next song. It's going to be called Robo Steckler. <laughs> it's all about a cop who met his worst nightmare. A nigga with enough political juice to scratch his ass like a snake bird. Huh? You going to need papers, fucker. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know Where you finally get the view of Iris and what the hell happened and you find out it was the dirty cops that assassinated Jericho One. And it's your blatant, like, the Rodney King yep. thing. Two white cops, dirty as hell. Jericho One, who is a civil rights leader slash rapper who should stick to just civil rights because the dude, <laughs> the rapping is weird. It's just like, I mean, we can get into a whole logic diatribe about the music in this movie. It's fucking dreadful. Yeah. Like if this was going to be the future, I'd rather have died New Year's Eve 2000. But the video is just so just again, first person point of view. And he's just jaw jacking the cop, jaw jacking the cop. All of a sudden, Boom, headshot. And then all of a sudden, we learn that Iris apparently has the speed of a fucking triathlete. Oh, she, so Iris has two impressive athletic feats in this movie. Jesus, dude. So she's amazing. At the beginning of the movie, you see kind of the, like the aftermath of that whole thing. Yeah. Because you, you see it in parts out of order, sort of. So the, the dirty cops chase Iris down into a subway. 
They lose her in the crowd. Everybody's getting on and off the subway. They don't find Iris. You know, they, they don't call for backup. They're they are lousy for, fucking shots. They are. You. Horrible. So when the train pulls in or the subway pulls in, you know, she never gets on because they're ready to, they got their gun, guns drawn. When the doors start to close. She darts. She darts into from it. behind a pillar and like squeezes in between the closing door. That's one. She's a gymnast. And then after Jericho one shot, like as soon as shots are fired, boom, she's just gone. And she manages to run in front of an oncoming train and get on the other side of the tracks, putting the train between her herself and the police. Now, this is probably more of a logic thing, but as we've said, downtown Los Angeles, there's a burning car every 20 feet. There's army guys in tanks. There's cops beating the hell out of homeless people. Yet when Iris and the dirty cops run into the subway, it's the cleanest subway yep. I've ever seen on a planet. Oh, yeah. Makes no sense. No, no homeless people. No. No graffiti. No. Nothing. Apparently, they're able to come up to the surface. Yeah, it's very demolition, man. My next one. When Mace walks into the bathroom to give the disc to Deputy Police Commissioner Palmer Strickland while he's draining the lizard at a urinal. Commissioner, there's a clip in here that you need to see right now. If it weren't New Year's Eve, I'd have you arrested for possession of illegal equipment. Just look at the clip. You want to know who killed Jericho, you go into that stall right now and hit play. Sir, is there a problem here? Damn it, I knew it. Come on, let's go. Let go of me. Who is also Ducksworth from the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, so the Jericho one it is that playback, that disc is the central theme of this movie. Uh, basically, Lenny, who's a former cop, tells mace that she can trust him he says something like his ass is so tight only a dog can hear him fart or something something like that. which is an amazing analogy <laughs> yes so she is you want me to trust a cop she's a little uh skittish about it but she follows him into the bathroom where lots of people are uh, relieving Ta- themselves yeah, taking a piss and she just gets out the playback device in the disc and says i need you to see this right now if you want to find out who killed jericho one the one thing about technology in this movie that also kind of blows my mind. So you have the playback disc, which is a Sony mini disc. But in order to see what's going on, the actual player needs to be within six feet or it doesn't work properly. Well, that was uh, nice. So in this universe, if they were to make the Strange Days 2, the nice thing is, is they probably have a playback device on your iPhone. <laughs> so you can, it doesn't matter. Like it, the technology's got so good. You can leave your phone at home and just basically kids would be wearing playback devices all the time for like Instagram and there'd be social media built around playback. Totally agree with that. And playback is an ingenious thing if it's used properly and it's a untapped resource. Oh, we talked, we like shot back and forth ideas, which we'll get into a little bit later. We're going to have a discussion about that. So my next one, I really like the fact is we meet Lenny has a friend named Tick Mm -hmm. who lives in a van down by the river. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who helps peddle his smut. He buys a smut off of him. He discovers that whoever killed Iris, looking at his brain waves while he was jacked in the playback. That guy is fucked up. We know that, Tick. No, I mean the killer's got some kind of distortion in the visual cortex. Look, the color and the grade scale values are all messed up, like color blindness. See the peak period ratios there? It could be some kind of tumor or a brain lesion or something, some kind of trauma. Whoever's doing this is using a box to split the signal so that... You ever make a box like that? Yeah, a few, but I can't see the gear well enough to see if it's mine. <laughs> I don't like this. Is colorblind, and he might have some sort of tumor. Well, he says, basically, 
Because he has like some sort of spectrograph or something. He's a goddamn mad scientist <laughs> yeah. that lives in a Ford conversion yeah. van. Yeah, it's like a spectrograph or something. Yeah. Is hooked up. But because of the, you know, the, the alpha waves or yeah, something. There's some, he's able to tell that he's either blind, colorblind, has a brain tumor, something. Hates Lucky Charms, yeah. is scared of the cops, but he finds out and he starts narrowing down. It can only be this guy and he has these two things, period. And then, of course, we find out at the end, Max, colorblind. Colorblind, yeah. Got him. Look like he could stand Lenny's ties. Exactly. All right, my last one. Lenny throws Max to his death. Come here. Come here, Lenny! Taking you with me, you motherfucker. Come here! Come here with me! Come here! Look! Come here! such a diehard thing and he pulls the knife out of his back (laughs) so max is a private investigator yes but it turns out max has been in a relationship with lenny's ex faith philo gets really into to he's like uh, bertram from sandlot who gets really into the 60s bertram well bertram got really into the 60s and no one ever saw him again well philo gets really into playback and philo can't differentiate between Reality and play- Jim's losing it. But <laughs> of all the people that you can reference in the Sandlot, you hit it perfectly with yeah. Bertram Grover Weeks. Yeah, so he he's like Bertram. He gets really into wiretapping, and Philo becomes paranoid because he's sort of unable to differentiate. And it's it's sort of like the similarities to like um, Inception. Yeah, these people who can't differentiate between a dream and reality like the matrix as well yeah like the matrix as well so philo gets really obsessed with playback and philo gets paranoid so he starts like hiring people to watch you know private eyes they're watching you so he hires max a private investigator to watch faith great wig (laughs) and since they have to spend so much time together they basically start having an affair well max is also doing playing the role sort of as a hitman for Philo. He kills Iris and anybody that's got knowledge of, of what's going on. Because his thing is wearing a playback, killing somebody while putting a playback on them. So he's literally watching himself through their eyes, yeah. killing them. And they're watching themselves be killed. Yes. Cause they're jacked into him. The logic behind it, I guess you can blame it on his like acute paranoia, but the logic behind it's a little weak. Jericho one is on Philo's record label and he's Philo's cash cow. Philo is worried that Jericho one is going to leave the record label. He was going to go to Bad Boy Records. Basically. Or Death Row. They don't say that in the movie. That's that's our speculation. But uh, Philo's trying to keep Jericho 1 happy. So the night Jericho 1 gets murdered, it's Philo's yeah. Iris and another girl that's sent to entertain. And then he has to cover it up, blah, 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 blah. But Max has been the one doing all the killing. Everyone that Philo once killed, he kills. So at the end of the movie, Lenny finally finds out which jim figured out really early but lenny finally finds out it's max doing the killing and max having an affair with faith so when lenny gets up to the the room he's supposed to be in there's a watch me tape and he watches max kill philo and have sex with faith well technically yeah he didn't initiate brain death to philo because if you overstimulate you turn their cerebral cortex into mush yes so he basically ODs him on playback, but he's still alive. 
Yeah, he's brain dead. So they get in a fight. Max is ready. He Max does the whole soliloquy that all villains do in movies where he explains every single move before he uh, just kills him. Max is going to kill Lanny, but it's actually Faith who interferes. So even though Faith says, like, I'm totally into Lanny or totally into Max, she still steps in, interferes. They fight. Max stabs Lenny in the back with a Ugh. knife that's sticking out of his back during the fight. Ugh. They tussle and go out to the balcony, and Lenny throws Max over the balcony. Max grabs a hold of Lenny's tie, it's basically like, you're coming hard. with me, son of a bitch. And Lenny pulls the knife out of his back, cuts the tie. So good. And Lenny falls to his death, or so we presume. He lands on a TV truck, like satellite truck. Now, if only the ball would have dropped as he hit the top of the van, it would have been fantastic. It's, uh, it's winter months here in Ohio, so it's, it's quite cold. So if we want to go to the pool, a non-indoor pool, got to do it through playback so a good opportunity for that is the pool check playback all right we're gonna do 1995 music videos surprisingly we haven't done 95 before we get to that i'm gonna do this couple more weeks we've got some ASMR. got some uh 1991 football picture cards by bowman Ooh, bowman so, we're hoping one of these weeks I'm going to pull something that we're going to find a, a market for and we're going to uh, fund our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we were hoping and praying that we find a gem. Too bad Honus Wagner didn't exist still in 1990. <laughs> Blair Thomas. Who? <laughs> Blair Thomas from the Jets. You don't remember him? Oh, okay. No. Jerry Lewis. Uh-huh. Eric Hill. Uh-huh. Terry Wooden. Jesus Christ. Mark Murphy. What the fuck cards are these? Eddie Brown. These guys play football? Here's a league leader, which has a little foil indentation. Great. Lead leader on what? Flipper Anderson. Jesus Christ. These should be CFL cards. Andre Ware. Okay, one person. Gary Clark. Okay, two people. Dermonte Dawson. Okay, I've heard of three. Tim Green. Still at three. Scott Fulhage. Fuck who? Dan Marino. Oh, great. Dan Marino. And to round out the pack. I can imagine. A second Flipper Anderson. Dude, we got a whole Flipper Anderson set. No wonder these were a buck. They should have been five cents in 19. What year were those again? 91. 91. I don't, we'll have to look to see what even would have been. How much those are worth? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Well, there's got to be something in here that was, you know, in that set that was worth. It's a Dan Marino error card. Yeah, I hope. Snowflake is in the background. Yeah, that'd be a great card. Oh, my God. It'd be well, great. Well, that was, that was something. Wow. So, as I said, 1995 music videos. As always, we'll do our best because some of these videos had crossover. Some were released in 94. Still getting airplay in 95. Hell with it. We do what we want. Exactly. Some were in 95 or, you know, the song was released in 95, video 96, something like that. So, don't be jerks. Yeah. So, Jim, why don't you go ahead and give us your number five first? My number five off the Batman Forever soundtrack, and it's the only song that I've ever liked of theirs. You two, hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. What an awesome music video. Seriously yeah. awesome. It's basically animated the entire video with intercut scenes from Batman Forever, which I think is probably the most underrated Batman film. Val Kilmer did not get enough credit for his role as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Yeah, and that ties into our movie as Bono was going to play Philo. 
It would have been Bono. My number five is goth. Tough Mudder, Bullet with Butterfly Wings by Smashing Pumpkins. For a minute there, I was like, who the hell are you talking about? It's literally about? goth Tough Mudder. The it's world like, is a vampire. It's like a bunch of goth kids trying to run up muddy hills and hang on the ropes and stuff. It's goth Tough Mudder. Dude, I can remember being excited about buying it. I got this album when the first day it came out. Double album. Double album. Our buddy Morgan bought it for me for my 11th or 12th birthday. Great Morgan, album, 11th man. 11th birthday. I would say probably my favorite song off this album, though, is 1970. Oh, yeah, it's great. Such a good Double song. album and, and a bunch of different sounding songs, you know. If you bought it for Bullet with Butterfly Wings, you didn't get a lot of that on those albums. You no, got it was more. Not, it's not great. Like 1979 and Tonight Tonight. That's right. My number four is another one of the 90s staple bands, man. Hootie and the Blowfish. Yep. Speaking of Dan Marino, only want to be with you. Yep. These guys just love Miami Dolphins football, man. Miami Dolphins football, Zubaz, Dan Marino. And for the longest time, everybody, and he probably still to this day, people call him Hootie. And it probably pisses them off because Darius Rucker is now a country music sensation. Who would have thought? Give me back my Hootie and the Blowfish because that was the first concert shirt. I ever owned, and I'll never forget it, a green Hootie and the Blowfish t-shirt. See, I, I was going to do uh, Let Her Cry, but these ones were, as I said, kind of like 94, you know, yeah, 95 it, videos or whatever. So depending on what list you pull from, some of them. But yeah, I like that one. Cracked Review was such an, another great album, dude. Yeah. Swear to God, all the hits. My number four, Bone Thugs and Harmony. First of the month. Oh, God. So the video opens. They're having a seance. We're singing welfare carols. Yes, they're having a seance with a, like a magic cult, like a ball. Riding in a convertible in inappropriate ways. You have who I believe is Lazy Bone. I don't know which one it is. He's sitting on the car is driving down the street and he's sitting on the hood with his arm back over the windshield, like lounging on a couch, but on the hood of the car. Cleveland's own Bone thugs and harmony And then they're attending a barbecue. So it's just, it's like a seance where they're seeing themselves attend a barbecue because the first of the month and everybody got their welfare checks. You know, when the world returns to normal, Kevin, I think we might have to do a special on this show. We do a seance barbecue edition of the Pool Scene Podcast. Yes, we'll uh, have a seance and (laughs) wish a barbecue into... Into re- yeah, into reality. My number three, I hope every single one of you got a fisheye lens, and I know one man who will love this song, David McCall himself. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. Bush, come yep. down. Yep. Oh, my God, dude. All, all of this is fisheye lens, man. Yep. All the bush was around then. Come down. Everything's zen. Glycerin. Glycerin. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, 16, another one too. Yep. 16 Stone is one of my favorite albums of all time. But this video, they're, it, apparently they're just rented out a floor in an office building. And just got a fisheye. Turned up the fucking color spectrum, got a fisheye lens, and let's go back and forth on an office chair. Yeah. yeah. And this one also ties in because you said that they should have got Bush to be the band in this movie. It would have made more. But then again, it wouldn't have made sense because music in this fucking movie is absolutely dreadful. It's like cyberpunk shit. Yeah. <laughs> my number three is rancid ruby soho nice so it's like pretty much the opposite of the bone thugs and harmony video you don't say they're having a a a barbie a welfare barbecue and in ruby soho they're in between performance footage it's just like punk dudes with mohawks and liberty spikes and tattoos and piercings they're playing dice in a very like modest apartment just like a, a pretty shitty apartment and they're just like rolling some dice on the coffee table and they're kind of standing in an awkward so that they're open up to the camera because they're not like sitting across from each other. So it's a little weird, but I remember the thing about rancid and and more so seeing them on um, MTV two later on, but 
Rancid was like, you know, you'd always seen like old school punk people, but like Ruby Soho was like more mainstream mohawks like the start of like oh it might be all right for have a mohawk to go to school became more mainstream yeah for sure my number two is a technological marvel at the time around 1995 weezer's buddy holly yep. it was stuff you just never seen before technology wise they were literally put themselves in a happy days episode yeah, it was really cool singing at arnold's to be honest, this is the first time I ever experienced Weezer. I fucking love this song. It's such a well, good song. Well, in the same year they had uh, Say It Ain't So, which was like, Blue oh, album, baby. they're not, the, they're not the, the Buddy Holly band. No, they're not. Yeah. Well, actually, I think prior they had Undone the Sweater song was prior to, to Buddy Holly, but not a lot of people saw that video. Still an amazing video ahead of its time. My number two, Big Me, Foo Fighters. Oh, my God. The it's first, a Mythos commercial. It's the first fucking Foo Fighters video. And Pat Smear is so good in it. He's so happy in the video. Pat Smear should have been in Stranger Days. Yeah, but he's uh, he's very happy in the video. It's literally just hijacked from a Mentos commercial. Like there's a girl who a guy pulls his car in front of her and she can't get out. So she like calls over the Foo Fighters guys and they re- like pick up her co- like the car and move it so she can get out. And then she like flashes them the the Mentos, which is I think, I think it's Foo Toes or something yeah. in here. So good video. Weird because it's very much not a Foo Fighters song. No, it's not. Like they don't have other songs. They don't play this song live or anything. Me and you can both agree that our favorite Mentos commercial is the Bloodsport yeah, scene. Yeah, the, the recut Bloodsport one. Oh, that's so good. So, without any further ado... Number one. Three minutes, 16 seconds, side titty, TLC creep. Yep. I don't need to say anything more. Nope. That song... I mean, it's a great song. Crazy Sexy Cool is one of the seminal albums of the 1990s. Everybody's heard it, and their mother, and their grandmother. But as a kid... We've brought this up on this podcast. You're watching this music video. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Was that a side titty? That was a side titty. Oh, once once you saw it for the first time, oh. you just, you're like, you you know the exact. You know where you were mm-hmm. when you saw T-Boz show more of herself than what's normal. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that one's another one. It's probably 94, but it would. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. This and Red Light Special. Holy shit. All right. My number one. Number one. Notorious B.I.G. Big Papa. Oh, my God. It's an iconic video. Party in the Club. Wasn't his first song, but this is the one when you're like, okay, this, we've got something big here. It's the one where Puff Daddy mooched off of him. Yes. Now, the funny thing about B.I.G. P.O.P.P.A. Is that Bad Boy was really pushing Craig Mack. Craig Mack was the, fa- the face crazy? of the label. Flavor in your year was this Craig Mack song. It's a fine song. I like it's it. It's great, but not the lead of an, but a record this label. was like, okay, we're going to ride the back of Craig Mack to you know the top of the charts. But it wasn't until they released a remix of Flavor in Your Ear with Notorious B.I.G. And they were like, I guess that's the end of Craig Mack because from then on, Notorious B.I.G. became Notorious B.I.G. And Craig Mack was never heard of again. Man, is that not crazy? Craig Mack. Holy shit. But that's how it is, man. All right, Jim, let's uh, let's take off your squid. No squids in the pool. And let's get back in. Let's go back to cleaner days, Kevin. Everybody back in the non-demilitarized zone pool. But I want to I want to wear a squid and record myself jumping off the high dive for <laughs> to sell the kids. <laughs> it's so cold. So our critical question this week, we've covered two movies now, and I'm sure we've got a lot 
of others queued up where it's a future essentially imagining the same thing. So this and Ready Player One both kind of imagine a similar technology. And I, I mentioned Inception sort of has the same overarching theme and like Lawnmower Man sort of. There's some others. Do you think that this virtual, like the virtual reality where you can feel and smell and taste is the pinnacle of technology? I mean, how can it not be? I could do without the smelling, just to be quite honest with you. Certain things you just don't need to smell. Yeah, but it'd be weird to, to feel everything else. It would be really cool, but we haven't got there yet. But I have a, I mean, we talked about it briefly when we were watching the movie. Elon Musk is coming up with the neural link right now. So we're only a hop, skip, and a jump away from this shit. Yeah, I probably have a shallow perspective because I'm probably immature. <laughs> but... What's the biggest thing on the internet? Oh, it's porn. It's porn. So I don't see any reason why this would be different. People of all shapes, sizes, levels of weirdness would be able to engage in sex with who they pleased without the want or need for the relationship. Demolition Man. First sex has been proven to produce higher orders of alpha waves during digitized transference of sexual energy. All right, Oxley, what do you say we just do it the old-fashioned way? Oh, disgusting. You mean fluid transfer? I mean... Bony, the, the wild mambo, the, the hunk of chunk. That is no longer done. That's exactly what they did in Demolition yes. Man. Yes, so it's like, okay, you're a, you know, a gross person who yeah. doesn't shower, but you want to sleep with whoever. The hottest girl ever. Yeah. Hottest dude ever. Yep, you can, and you can experience it and feel it. Think about the Bennies, though. No sexually transmitted diseases, yes. no AIDS, no pregnancy. Nothing. No pregnancy. Yep. And you're doing it wherever you want. No relationship, which is a perk for some people. Yeah, the best friends so, with benefits ever. The only thing is, in this movie at this time, you had to purchase the discs. So you would have a shoebox full of discs and it would probably get old. But in 20 years time, like we mentioned, there'd probably be like a social media app where you could just like download the playback to your phone. Imagine what Tinder would be like with playback. Holy shit. <laughs> There'd be like interactive profile pictures. Swipe left. Now I'm in her. <laughs> so after all that, I would say no, that this is not the pinnacle of technology. I would say it's the technology that most. It's the step before. The most people want as far as entertainment. I'd say the pinnacle of technology is something that we can't imagine. It's something that like. A debt free life. Yeah. It's probably like uh, nanobots that could perform surgery without incisions, something that can like severely halt aging. You know, it's probably some me medical technology that's the pinnacle. I saw that they have a camera now that's like half the size of a grain of rice and you swallow it and it can just see every, it can like basically inner space throughout your entire body and diagnose you and like. Stuff like that, I think, is is really like they're going to be able to irrigate your arteries and stuff. I mean, that's the type of stuff. We are eventually going to live forever. Unfortunately, me and you will be long gone. Yes. But yeah. But the planet won't exist for uh, people to live on. So yeah, it's, I would say this playback technology, it's probably coming at some point. Mm -hmm. I mean, they tried to do it on Sega. With the act, was it called the activator? Yeah, where it was the octagon. You stand. You're supposed to be able to feel the fatalities. I remember feeling like I don't. Oh wanna... no, no! You're talking about the Aura Interactor. Yes. It's a vest. Yeah. Target 
signal, clear magnetic heading 185. Ground speed 880 feet per second. While toy companies cut their teeth on dolls that wet themselves, we were busy defending the entire free world. Clock detonation systems, one ordinance is high. Target is in the cradle, sir. But now, the real fun begins. Mommy? Introducing the Interactor, the world's first interactive game fest that lets you feel the action. <laughs> the best i remember like being like i don't want to feel the fatalities i don't want to feel getting like ripped in half all it was was a small subwoofer yeah it basically was like a uh like a massager that never worked was, <laughs> yeah a vest you'd put on it vibrate when you got <laughs> great great wrap it around my groin all right let's uh talk about some logic it all could have been different mr walker you should have allowed nature to take its course i'll say the last 52 minutes of 1999 <laughs> It the 52 minutes in 1999 lasts an hour and a half. Max calls Lenny to get down to the hotel, which is right in the middle of downtown LA. There's 20 million people in the streets. Now that's, that's a a second one that I'll just, you know, tie into this one. Everyone gets around LA entirely too easy. No problem. While the city's fucking burning. Yeah. LA when it's busy, takes hours to get anywhere. And these people just get around town. Like, and that's when there's not army and cops. Yeah. So easily there's 10 billion people in the streets. They, so they get down to the hotel. Lenny gets from the street to the top of the skyscraper. With no problem whatsoever. With Yeah, they go into this party where every band of every race, creed, whatever, ethnicity is playing. Japanese bongo drums, bagpipes, Cameroonian music. Yeah, it's crazy. So they have the whole discussion with about the... Basically, Lenny wants to trade the disc for Faith. Which is fucking He so wants to go stupid. to Philo and just say, hey, I have this history shattering piece of information but i just want faith just give me faith and you can have it i love you jenny just look out one ace to play gans got what i want i've got what he wants this is the original they're no copies exactly that's why it's a makeable deal look this tape is a lightning bolt from god it's worth more than you more than me and more than faith you understand it can change things, things that need changing before we all go off the end of the road. And you do not have the right to use it for currency. So if you go, you go alone. You see, I care about you, Lenny, a lot more than you know. There's 52 minutes left when they get there, and he goes to the top floor. He watches the, the playback of Max and Faith. He watches the playback of Philo. He fights Max. And then you have. 14 minutes till midnight. Yeah, all the stuff with Mace, who she basically gets hunted down by the cops who killed Jericho. Still can't shoot for shit. Down, all the way down, right now, right now. Now pay attention, motherfucker. Stay down. A big riot breaks out. There's like, at this point, there's like eight minutes left. And then it's like, Lenny somehow comes down in that entire crowd of hundreds of thousands of people. Finds her. Finds her. There's still five minutes left. It's ridiculous. The the concept of time is real bad. Why not have the movie right when Max dies? It ends. Ball drops. Game over. Well, yeah, I I just don't understand what the need for the ball to drop. Like, why keep showing us the clock or how much time's left? Well, technically, since we live on the East Coast, with them being three hours behind, do they do a ball drop Mm -hmm. on their time? Do they? This movie does go on a little bit too long. They could have like some, you know, summed it up yeah. in like 20 minutes less. Yes. Good Lord. 
All right, I got a logic issue. Three words, Kevin. Long dick size more. <laughs> Heard stuff about a death squad. The issue isn't whether you're paranoid, Lenny. I mean, look at this shit. The issue is whether you're paranoid enough. Now, it's fucking uh, astounding when you watch these playback tapes, which you find out it's Max who kills Iris. Yeah. He seems to be four feet away. He's basically, she's sitting because he's... He's got her chained to the yeah. bathroom towel rack. Yeah. Or handcuffed. So she's basically sitting and he's standing, but it's like without any setup, next thing you know, he's inside of her. He's four. He has the longest dick mm -hmm. ever. Future dicks, man. Let me tell you, yeah. they got length. There's no girth there. <laughs> that's a world. Yeah. I got, uh, normally there's no cops in the movies we watch. Oh, this one is huge. There's cops in this everywhere. This makes up for every other movie we've watched because there's just nothing but cops. Except you can't trust a single cop in this movie. They're all dirty cops. They're all dirty cops. You don't know who to trust. So that's that's my next one. Okay, my next one is we get a scene where Lenny gets his ass kicked. He ends up sleeping for like 24 hours straight. He finds a note with a disc in it. So he jacks into playback and he notices who the killer was, was in his own apartment. Mm -hmm. Literally strolls up to him with a box cutter and puts the box cutter against his skin. I don't know about you. I don't know about any of you pool sceners. Even when I'm asleep, I can feel a presence oh, in yeah. the same room with you me. Can f if somebody's in the room, you can feel it. Just in the room. Yes. You're telling me you slept through the fact he wasn't drunk. He wasn't high. He didn't have too much playback. He was just tired. He might have drank some penguin vodka. Which, there's another story. Uh, to all you pool sceners out there, explain to us why straight vodka tastes good with nothing in it. Just shooting a breeze on that one. But not only does he not notice somebody in the room, he cannot feel yes. a box cutter slide, slide a blade. Across, yeah. across his face. Yes. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, seriously. Good sleeper. Wow. Lastly, I have, if I understand correctly, you can die if you play feedback without a disc in the player. Yes. So you don't, you amplify signal through the person's brain and it just fries it. Plus close your eyes or you'll get double vision. What if, I mean, you'd have to be real careful to check your player and make sure there's a disc in there. Because it's like, oh, I just turned on my Walkman with no CD in it, and now I'm fucking <laughs> fried. Yeah. But what I don't understand is, so that happens to Tick. He's been cooked off. Is he dead? No, but his frontal lobes are like two runny eggs. They put an amplifier in line to boost the signal, and it fries his brain. Tick! It's Lenny! Hey, hey, Tick, come on. It's me, Lenny. Come on, come on. And Lenny's yelling at him still. Tick, Tick, like you just told us. And you, and you see this vision where it's just like warped colors yeah. and that's all he sees because he's out of it's it. It's like you just told us that he's fried, but yet you're still yelling at him. And he puts weird. a thermal blanket on him. Yeah, but so not only th that part, but like when Max kills philo or or turn you know fries he melts him. his brain yeah he also kind of like suffocates him and he says take it take it take it <laughs> and it's like wouldn't he just press play and that's all that's yeah. needed he wouldn't have to also like <sighs> force him like he doesn't hold his headphones on tighter or anything like <laughs> so just stupid. it is dumb it's really weird okay my last logic bit is we see another piece of playback from the eyes of iris who was sent in the club by Philo to enamor herself with Jericho 1 and his bodyguard, which you brought up 
you would think somebody as popular as Jericho one. Yeah. Who's also a civil rights leader and a rapper would have more of an entourage. He doesn't just one guy. He has a sweet Jeep, whatever it is. I don't know what the fuck it's that like was. Creamsicle color, orange. It makes the window structure makes no yeah, sense. It's almost like uh, a Jeep surrounded in like hockey glass. Yeah. It's almost like an old, like Ford Bronco yeah. in like the seventies. Something that about Jericho, something I just thought of that I didn't have written down. Jericho is with Iris following the scene and Iris is, uh, you know, Jericho's one friend, not a posse, just one, one friend. And Iris is one friend. They're taking a ride. They're having a good time. Iris is sticking her fingers in Jericho's mouth. Who wants to feel this? <laughs> while he's driving? Oh, God, I hope I find a playback to have somebody suck it on fingers. Yeah. So cops, you know, turn on their lights. And Jericho could just pull over where there's other cars. Anywhere. He's on a fucking bridge on the 101 or something. Yeah, he pulls off. He pulls the judgment night thing. Where under he goes a bridge. Under a bridge. There were people on that fucking bridge working. There I, were there people I better pull off it. under here where somebody can shoot me, you know, save. Like, it's, it's so weird. Just pull over on the street like a normal car. There were construction workers who would have known that's Jericho yeah. one. And his friends even telling him, like, just be cool. No deep, huh? Come on, man. Just be cool. Oh, you got no problem with them at all. No Bad problem at girl all. Gets oh, how it is? Look, if we be cool, they gonna be cool. All right? I don't want no trouble. I can't afford no trouble. His friends tell him, I, yeah. I can't get busted yeah. again. And he's like, just be cool. Like, just be calm. <laughs> Let me pull underneath this bridge. Let me hide from everyone. <laughs> it makes no sense. First off, I don't understand why a guy so popular who's a civil rights leader would not have multiple bodyguards. Yes, and somebody driving him. Yeah, you'd fucking think. No. No. He needs to have his fucking one pock fingers in his mouth and privacy. Oh God. That just makes well, my stomach when flip. He, when he does, they show him giving the, the, you know, civil rights speeches. He's got a large posse then. Yeah. Where the fuck were they? It's just this night. They don't drink. They don't party, man. Yeah, man. And D'Onofrio, he's a real piece of shit cop. He just is like, Jericho says like one thing and he's just like execution. Not, you cannot think of a better role for Vincent D'Onofrio besides him playing a bug in Men in well, Black. If we did, you know, scenes that steal the movie. So at the end of the movie. Oh my, that scene is so Mace gives the tape to the police commissioner who comes to his senses and obviously watches finds it. Finds her in the middle of 20 million people. Just like she has a beacon on or something, but finds her in the middle of this riot. She has handcuffed the two dirty cops together and two scaffolding she stun gun colonel willie sharp yeah and got the up against scaffolding but then the police show up try and stop her a riot breaks out so on and so forth well finally police chief <laughs> mr ducksworth mr duck he, he emerges and he says arrest those cops murderers so yeah arrest those murderers and he goes to they take their handcuffs and uh, handcuffs off and stuff typical scene yeah colonel willie sharp colonel willie sharp puts a gun Near his mouth. I don't want to say in his mouth. Because he's very sanit. You know, <laughs> there's COVID in he opens his mouth wide and kind of hovers over the gun <laughs> and shoots himself. Well, D- D'Onofrio grabs the gun. He's handcuffed to him still. And he's dragging the other dead cop. Blood he's, all yeah, over his got face. A great mood of like blood mask. Slow motion. And he's dragging the cop while he's pointing so the awesome. gun. It's pretty cool. Bitch! 
It's a fucking great You've scene. You've got confetti everywhere, a big crowd. Oh, such a great scene to end a movie. It's fantastic. Anything else you want to mention? On, oh, uh, absolutely not. Logic. Okay, legacy of this movie. Sadly, there's still a lot of revel- uh, relevance to the abuse of black people by police. 25 years after this movie was released. That statement by Max when they find Tick. Yeah. A group of guys, cops, loyal to the hardline school. Guys have had too many years of city hall, and review boards, and the goddamn media pissing down their necks, suspending cops right and left, tying their hands, while out of the other side of their mouths, these same people are screaming, save us, save us, do something, you fucking morons. Crime is totally out of control. Is one that you said. Well, he's talking about 2020. Number one with a bullet accurate. Yep. And for that reason, and along with the fact that playback technology still doesn't exist, this movie could be remade today pretty much with the same plot. Hopefully better music. And be relevant because you could have, you know, an activist for civil rights, dirty police, you know, new technology. Can we keep the activist? Can he not t- be anything with music? That'd be Can preferable. he just be an activist? Can he just be a fucking activist, yeah. please? The Twitter personality. God damn it. No, he'll be a YouTube influencer. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's a Twitch streamer. Great. I'm glad he got a great rating on this movie. Let me tell you something about <laughs> civil rights. Great. All right. Stick around for some plugs. Once again, pool sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. Also, at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas. We have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us, and now back to Kevin. All right, we're pulling into the landing strip, and last week on the Swim Meet series, was it uh, on two weeks meet? ago? Two weeks ago, last we week. talked about. Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the Swim Meet. It was when we did the Burbs. The Burbs. We talked about being neighborly, <laughs> and I told you a little bit Get about. Beach! I told you a little bit about the squatter. So I have a squatter update. Squatter update. So. The Squatter, for those of you who didn't listen, please go back and find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and have yourself a listen. I enjoyed the Burbs episode. But The Squatter is my neighbor who I had a 100 plus year old neighbor who passed away, but a month or two before she died, this dude shows up from Arizona and he says, hey, I'm going to help her out, you know, around the house. Oh, that asshole. All of a sudden, he's got himself a free house because the kids don't want it. Well... His story that he always told us was he lives in Arizona, but when he came home to help his, you know, aunt help, he reconnected with his high school sweetheart. This used to from 40 years ago. I don't know how long ago. So reconnects with his high school sweetheart. They hit it off. And we always thought it was a little strange. She didn't live there. You know, he came back to be with her and she was over there every day, drives a white Mercedes She's over there every day. She's a realtor. You know, we'd see her all the time, but she didn't live there and it didn't seem like she ever stayed there. Sometimes it's complicated. You know, maybe she has her own house. She wasn't able to have something. So a couple days ago, my mom's at my house and she's out in the yard and the squatter makes a beeline for her. And he goes, how are you? What the fuck? And she's like, oh, I'm good. How how are you? And he goes, fucking terrible. And he, <laughs> he like starts, he, he was basically waiting to see someone so that he yeah. could 
get this off his chest. Great. He goes, well, I'm terrible. He goes, that bitch lied to me. And my mom's like, what? What's, what's happening? So uh, your poor mom, the squatter, apparently this high school sweetheart that he moved back for and reconnected with, he finds out she has kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. He finds out she has children. He goes, one's going to graduate this year. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is she married? Like that? Is she, if she's not married, what's it matter? She has kids. Apparently they're no longer an item because she has kids. No, screw that me. Yeah. (laughs) So he's vehemently, he hates kids. So maybe he'll move back to Arizona. That'd be great. Fuck off. Yeah. But I'm a little, I'm, you always worry when you're in the burbs, if he moves, who moves in? Imagine if he is a Klopek. You don't know what's in his he basement. He moved a lot of garbage bags out to the curb. He didn't hit any of them with a hoe, to my knowledge. <laughs> Did you run out of your house and expect each yes, garbage can? I waited for, for sunup, and I went swimming in the garbage truck. Oh, that would be amazing. Luckily, I've uh, been pretty good, so I haven't had any Klopek sitches yet. Yet. It's only a matter of time. All right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed Strange Days. Not an easy one to stream, and we apologize for that. It's a strange day. Yeah, but uh, find find yourself a copy and watch it. Hell, I'll send you my copy. You want to watch it? Cool <laughs> sceners. We'll autograph it. Give me your uh, your address, and I'll mail you the copy. Like uh, We're starting a pool scene Netflix. That's... Old school, sorry, an old school Netflix service where we'll mail you the DVD to this watch. This is it. how we network, people. Yeah. We bring you pool seeners closer. Very to us. slowly going to grow because I can't send you a copy until somebody sends it back. Exactly. But until next week, uh, we'll see what we got for you. We'll announce it on social media, so please check those out, and we'll let you know what we've got going on. Until then, Silencia. Silencia.